We are a group of friends bound by our appreciation for liberty and good podcasting. Free-minded thinkers from all walks of life, our values come together with one accord to discuss the common culture and news of the day, along with whatever random crap is going on in our lives. Welcome to the Union of the Unknowns. Hello, welcome to another edition of Union of the Unknowns podcast. Uh, Ism can't hear. We have a special edition uh, of the podcast tonight. Uh, go over some Sam Bankman Freed, some FTX, probably just a lot of crypto in general. So we have a uh, what I like to call a crypto expert with us. He will. He's too humble to admit it, but uh, we have uh, Daniel with us tonight, Dejon, to uh, work through some of what what happened with us. And with us tonight, we also have Ashley Think Change Repeat. Hello. Stella from Hello. Down Under. And the great Hello. big perm. <laughs> Sorry, I was muted. Hey. So uh, D- uh, John's welcome uh, to join us again. Uh, so Sam Bakeman free trial's over. The FTX trial's over. Uh, 99 years uh, in prison, correct? Well, the sentencing isn't until March, I believe, but he's found guilty on all, I think it was seven charges. He's found guilty on all of them, so it looks like he's going away for a while. That's interesting. uh, Every headline I've seen specifically said, I mean, granted, all I read was the headline, but they all say Sam Bakeman free 99 years. So I didn't even realize that he hasn't been sentenced. Yeah, I think it's something crazy like 99 years to life or something like that. So he's yep. basically going away for life. But the official sentencing doesn't happen until March, I believe. All the headlines I've seen said he was looking at 110 years. Yeah, so he's yeah he's going away for life. So there's a, I don't know, the, you know, the charges have technical, uh, you know, specific sentencings for it. And then the judge will have... Uh, say over like whether given minimum or maximum sentencing or anything in between, you know, but even the minimum sentencing is probably going away forever. So I highly okay. doubt it. To be honest with you, but that's just yes. Me. That was going to be my question. Do do the unknowns, but in this particular case, more importantly, Daniel, do you believe that this guy's actually going to do time, or is it going to be? an Epstein situation. I don't even think Epstein's dead, right? I mean, I guess we could never know and it's just pure speculation, but I think this entire situation is so fishy that I just can't buy that he's actually going to jail, like that he's actually going to do the time. Now, I suppose it could have, he could be a patsy, maybe, you know, there's precedent for that, but, um, and, and a lot of times they do let those people, they hang them out to dry, but I have had my doubts. So I wanted to get Daniel's thoughts on that. Um, yeah, well, I don't think he's going to be like get a lenient sentencing or, you know, be released or something like that. He's clearly going to jail, whether they'll FTX him, not FTX, I'm sorry, Epstein him, (laughs) whether they'll Epstein him or not is a whole nother question or whether he'll, you know, he doesn't come off as like the most stable, well-rounded guy. I don't even know if he'd, you know, just take himself out going to jail for life. He's not that young. He's going to spend a long time behind bars. Yeah, the whole situation is very fishy. But I think if there is something 
you know, conspiratorial to it. I believe that it would just be that he was propped up to be this and to collapse, you know, because there was quite a bit of money that poured into FTX in the very beginning. And the there's questions about how he got his first billions from trading uh, with Alameda Research. He says he did it with uh, trading arbitrage between the price difference in Bitcoin in America and Japan. But still, even doing that very successfully, coming up with like $2 billion or whatever they supposedly made trading, that's still an incredible feat, you know. So that's really skept, uh, skeptical. And then also just the amount of uh, capital that flowed in by groups like Sequoia Capital. And Sequoia uh, Sequoia Capital did like, they. a lot of people say, oh, they didn't do their due diligence on them and stuff like that. But Sequoia definitely did do their due diligence on they, they knew everything about ftx they did these uh what would you call them uh they they did uh profiles on sam bankman fried and uh caroline ellison and ftx and alameda like they did these big promotional things with them and they even mentioned some of the like they mentioned how you know young and inexperienced and immature these guys were they even mentioned in their uh piece on uh caroline ellison they even mentioned that she was like larped as a forest fairy or something i forgot what she called it but she was like a larper that went out and pretended to be a fairy in the forest Forest and stuff stuff. so they like highlighted this before you know they even invested in and they still sent them all their money and just the amount of institutional money that flew into places like this and then other people uh you know following a lot especially the crypto firms following them and getting completely wrecked is incredibly suspicious because all of the major all of the major uh, crypto trading firms and investment firms basically have collapsed over the last two years. And most of them having to do with their losses in uh, FTX. Let's see. Uh, BlockFi, FTX, Celsius Network, Voyager Digital, Three Arrows Capital. Although I believe Three Arrows was more due to the Terra Luna collapse. But uh, all these, these were billions and billions of dollars of liquidity that was being traded in the crypto markets and invested in projects and stuff like that, that absolutely blew up and lost all their money and went bankrupt, uh, essentially losing their users money, especially with things like uh, Genesis and stuff. You know, they're still in bankruptcy and still owe their customers funds, just like uh, FTX does. So this, oh, go, were you going to say something? Yeah, I was just going to ask, okay, so obviously this is a very detailed account of the ramifications of what happened here. So I, I and I don't want to interrupt your train of thought. I want you to keep going on that if you want. But I also was curious if you had to summarize this situation, what do you think the point was? Was it to use um, SPF as a patsy? Was it that plus laundering money, you know, for the political parties? a little bit more on the democratic side, but both and also sending money to Ukraine or what do you think was the point of this whole scam to, to delegitimize crypto all the above? Well, generally when something big like this, which I'm not saying it's definitively a scam, you know, it could just be what it appears to be on its face where these, you know, kids who didn't know what they were doing, got in over their heads with a lot more money than they could ever handle and stole a bunch of it. But I'm also very suspicious of it. So, you, but usually with something like this big happens, they don't just do one thing with it. You know, when they fight a, a war overseas, there's mon- there's not just one point to the war, you know. 
there's oil they're trying to get there's you know regionals uh having control over different regions there's money laundering there's child trafficking there's lots of stuff and different people would argue what is the you know point you know the main goal of the war and it's hard to see what the main goal of it is but you can see what all of the goals you know what they accomplished out of it which is usually many things and with this what it really did was first of all it made a lot of money for uh politicians they got loads of donations to politicians and stuff like that but it also took all of these institutions that were trying to be you know responsible institutions like uh like you'd find on wall street or something like that more established accepted institutions but they were working in the crypto world so these were supposed to be the big boy the you know smart people and the adults in the room you know these big Mm -hmm. trading firms and uh they were the major liquidity behind you know a lot of these big exchanges and a lot of these big projects and it completely wrecked them and just drove liquidity out of the crypto markets uh it's been the volume volume over the since ftx's it's been absolutely dead volume it's only ticked up in the last few weeks in this latest you know little uh bull run we've been having leading up to the right (laughs) leading up to this etf announcement but before that, the volume was completely dead. And that was because they took out, or I don't know if they took them out, but these firms all collapsed. And that's where the majority of the money was coming in. And uh, so it kind of is like inflated, taking a balloon that's already inflated and inflating it even more than it can handle till it pops. Instead of let it slowly inflate and pop eventually, you drive all this money into it. You drive all this hype into it, get everyone looking at it, and then blow it up. And okay. so many people distrust crypto now. So many people aren't digging any deeper. Uh, the regulator regulators are come are you know talking about it a lot more than they were before. And at the same time, lots of politicians made money, and loads of money was funneled to Ukraine. So they- it it definitely felt like to me the whole time that it was a complete <laughs> setup in order to get a lot of the people that were like new rich from crypto to lose everything and then just start a massive distrust of crypto uh in the market because they know that the u.s dollar is not gonna last yeah but as long as they're on top from what i took from it it looked like it was going the opposite direction that the money that we were giving to ukraine was flowing into ftx yeah yeah it was flowing through ftx they were taking donations for huge amounts and then there were some private donations that just got went through them but there's really no accountability on where that went there was like and those first they raised like 50 million dollars in a few days or something i don't remember the exact number uh at the begin beginning of the ukraine war and uh they really have shown no accountability of where that all went except that it got deposited in a bank in you know the ukraine <laughs> so that's a lot of freaking money and uh, it was all going through FTX while they were taking their fees and everything else. And they, uh, yeah, it's it's really the ramifications go very far into the crypto world because literally everybody was touched by it. It lost loads of people money, uh, disillusioned them with the idea of cryptocurrency and ho- you know holding on to your own, having control over your own money, which I guess they obviously weren't doing to begin with because they're. <laughs> in uh ft having keeping it on exchange 
but it's just disillusioned so many people. I don't know how many of them I've heard say, I'm done with crypto. You know, I lost everything in FTX and now I'm just not going back. And it just makes the rest of us, you know, the rest of us that are working hard to do things honestly and do things transparently, it really makes it hard on us to convince them that we're different from, you know, the rest of the crypto market, which is filled. I mean, it's not just FTX, the crypto markets just are filled with, uh, scams and bad actors and stuff like that yeah unfortunately there's a cascade of issues especially with the uh, crypto lending and and earn products where like celsius and uh, gemini and uh block abra all of them kind of went down in the same time period and we're just locking all withdrawals so there's people from a lot of those companies that are still waiting to try and hope that they'll get a majority of their money out, if any. I know luckily BlockFi just turned on withdrawals again finally recently, so people are getting their money out of that. But uh, I think Celsius is aiming to do it by the end of the year, and I don't know about the other companies. It's crazy yeah, that they, they can just turn, turn off withdrawals. Off. Yeah. Well, with those Lend products, you're giving them, like, the terms of service you're giving yeah. them the right to you know they're taking your money and supposedly lending it out but that's not what was really happening it was really just ponzi schemes in most of the situations but it does look like uh a lot of those funds are being recovered and might get you know by the time bankruptcy's through they might get some of them back i even heard ftx i was reading that ftx has like eight billion dollars worth of assets which is exactly what was I missing but I don't I, know how much of that is like FTT token or something that's illiquid right. that they couldn't sell. I guess they're making you know? some new, to or no, that's Celsius is making some new token they want to pay out their people. And oh, I, I was fortunate <laughs> that uh, I had a lot of money in both uh, BlockFi and Abra. And just out of gut feeling or whatever you want to call it, I had moved my money out of BlockFi about a month before they went down. And then I moved my money out of Abra right before they started having issues. Hell yeah, dude. I'm so happy to hear that. <laughs> you yeah, got out of it. Like, pretty significant amount. And you got your interest on it and everything? Well, the bad part about that is I paid a tax on thousands of dollars worth of interest that I'm still waiting for the prices to go back up for that to have been worth it. Oh, shit. That's the game, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah just for from... ask... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, you, you stay on this, Daniel. You're right. Oh, I was just going to say, that's kind of... Going forward, we really can't trust these lending products because it's yeah. what we've learned through the FTX collapse and then all these others going bankrupt also is that they were basically lending to each other in, like, big circles. Absolutely. <laughs> and, yeah, and then they're paying their users such high return. It's like mm -hmm. when some of these platforms were paying seven percent that the bank was paying like 1.5 or two percent you know so and who's then borrowing was moving your money to another platform that was paying 20 percent. they were keeping the 13 and giving you the seven yeah all over the place that's what happened with some of them with luna they were because mm -hmm. luna was paying 20 percent or whatever so they would take your money you'll get 20 percent on it at luna and then you know pay you some of it but then it was all a big circle you know they're all invested they didn't have any real uh borrowers outside of each other in these big crypto firms so they yeah, really were was paying 20 percent on some of them too 
Yeah, yeah, Anchor was on. Yeah, that's what I meant by Luna. It was Anchor, the Anchor protocol or whatever. Okay. Yeah, which is insane. Paying 20% on a stable coin, you know? It's like, why yeah. even have a job at that point if you can get those kind of returns? But in order to pay out 20%, you got to get somebody to borrow it at 25% or something. So mm -hmm. who would borrow a stable coin at 25% when they could just go borrow dollars at 2% and buy stable coins with it? It's well, just, then the it's crazy, a... crazy situation with Abra was they had brought in uh c perks cprx it was like their perks token that was put made by the crypto banking alliance and basically they had a tiered system where if you held so many you would get bonus payment on your other coins in in their earned product so i had ended up buying the maximum amount to get the max bonus payment but the bonus payment paid out in c perks so I've been earning all this money in CPERCs, paying taxes on it, and they pretty much rug pulled it to where you can't sell it, you can't buy it anymore. And to take it off their platform, they wanted 18,000 of them. So Jesus. I ended up paying the 18,000 to take it off their platform just because I didn't want them to earn a dime off me. And then yeah. I sold the other 50 some thousand on Uniswap for negative $6 in Ethereum. So I took like a $1,400 loss on the coin, which is fine. It'll help me in my taxes. But it was just like, I literally sold it on Uniswap for less money than it was worth. Or like I paid to sell it. Yeah, it's that's all these, of these. Uh, oh, go ahead. Does all of these exchange tokens just really sound like a scam? Like I, FTX I, really showed us how they use them as such, you know? Yeah. They put them out, they release them, they they give perks for people holding them, uh, like Binance and KuCoin. I think FTX did this too, where if you hold their token every month, they give back some of their profits, quote unquote, to the community that holds the coin, or they buy back the coin. You know, they basically the same as a stock buyback, and that's supposed to make the price go up. So if you're holding it, you get a portion of the revenue is the idea and stuff like that. They do is they make a bunch of them. They release a few of them. A bunch of people buy them and hold on to them and uh, make that price go up a little bit while they're still holding 50 or 80% of the supply. And then on their books, they can show like, oh, look, this token out there, you know, it's trading for $20 or whatever. So $20 times whatever the token supply is. Or, or whatever 80% of the token supply is they're holding, you know, we got so many billions of dollars in uh, assets. So now loan us something with these assets as collateral, where it's really just their own token that if they dumped even a tiny percentage of what they had, it would completely collapse the price and it'd be worthless. And that's what happened with uh, FTX. And I wouldn't be surprised if Binance and KuCoin and every other exchange that has their own token uh, is pulling the same crap. Because that's, I, I mean, I did get fortunate on uh, the Binance's own coin. Was that BNB? It's called, I think. Yeah. I used to trade on Binance in 2017. And years later, I decided to log in on a VPN just to see if I had left anything on there. Well, apparently, I had earned a BNB when it was oh, worth nice. $600 a coin. So I logged in. And I was like, holy smokes. I have like, I was just under a whole one, so I had like five hundred and fifty dollars worth of BNB. So I was like, 
swapped it into a different coin and took it off the exchange real quick. I was like, that's a nice quick come up. Yeah, that is nice. Yeah, BNB, it's still in like the top 10 or something like that. It's There's loads of, you know, they're, say they have a blockchain like uh, Ethereum. It's basically a fork of Ethereum that they centralized more so they could make it cheaper and faster. It is cheaper and faster than Ethereum, but that's because it's completely centralized, whereas Ethereum's just mostly centralized. So everything else. <laughs> yeah, so it's, Ethereum's pretty centralized, yeah. but BNB is just not, it doesn't even hide it, you know? And uh, so there's loads of liquidity on there, but that's also like the scam chain too, that loads of scammers choose to use. And they, uh, you know, launch fake dApps and stuff on there and do all kinds of crazy stuff. BNB is like the Wild West. And I personally, Binance in general has a lot in common with FTX when you look at it. And I wouldn't be surprised if they're, I mean, I don't want to go out there making accusations against such a big company and stuff, but I wouldn't be surprised if they're insolvent too. You know, they had like a couple billion in Binance coin before everything. I mean, not Binance, uh, FTX, FTT, FTT before all that and he ended up selling it and that was what kind of kicked everything off i think yeah yeah that was kind of the catalyst because yeah he yeah, sold he his uh he came in and say oh i'm gonna come and buy a bunch of stake in ftx to save you from your liquidity crunch or whatever and the next day he comes out he's like i've looked over their books and it's an absolute mess i can't buy into that and we're dumping all of our ftt tokens and then he, so he acted like he's gonna be the hero then came in and dumped the stake he already had in it and the price started the ftt token price crashed and stuff it was it was a pretty gangster move honestly but a lot of people have point like uh contemplated whether you know binance was looking at as either a them or us situation like one of these like we're both insolvent we're the two biggest ones right two biggest exchanges right now and we're both insolvent what can i do to knock out this other guy so all that liquidity comes over to mine to keep me going a little while longer so and because he did give him the knockout punch and uh but he they they uh i mean they did it ftx did it to themselves you know sam bingman freed stole his users funds it's pretty blatant but absolutely uh, Binance kind of gave him the knockout punch and made it all culminate at the same time and have such a dramatic collapse. It was pretty interesting. But but Binance, they have the same thing. They have their own token that they hold the majority of. Uh, They're completely offshore, so we don't have access to any of their books to see who they're loaning to or stuff like that. But I'd be surprised if they weren't taking out loans with their BNB as collateral. They don't have any, like, permanent they have offices all over the place and cz constantly move he never discloses his location which is pretty shady when he does interviews and stuff he he moves around all over you know asia but he'll never say where he's at at any time and uh he also has his trading firm uh, i forget the name of their his trading firm that is uh the one of the biggest customers on binance which is a serious conflict of interest just is like that yeah, exactly like the Alameda thing. Even as far as that, it, it's it, like his on-off girlfriend that runs it. Yeah, on-off <laughs> girl. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm almost yeah, positive. Yeah. I guess I should go double check this, but I'm pretty sure she runs the trading firm. Does she, she works closely with it. Or she's in Taiwan or something. Yeah, they have they have several kids together. They're not married or anything, but they have several kids together. Does she have a raging Adderall addiction too? 
I hope so. <laughs> That's Dude, the right answer. Really, right. They really did Caroline dirty, man. That girl, I feel bad. That girl's got a one humble face, you know? <laughs> That's one way to describe it. I was going to say, you feel, you feel bad for her. Do you really? Or you just feel bad because you consider her to be unfortunate looking. Right. I, I wouldn't be a high, you know, I wouldn't be a famous criminal if my face looked like that. You know, well, <laughs> like you're going to be mean, on TV. <laughs> I might be taking the unpopular opinion here, but would. <laughs> At least for the stories. Yeah, well, I mean, she's she has like a kind of cute, like weird, nerdy chick. She kind of does look like some sort of elf or something. Even nymph. I know, that's, even that's I know who you're talking about. A wood nymph. Even I know who you're talking about. And as far as um, nerds go, she's absolutely pinup girl. Yeah, and I mean, I'm not <laughs> saying like I do, I'd get in anything long term with her, but like, I'd smash. Dude, she's gonna be wanting some conjugal visits, man. <laughs> she's gonna be lonely in there. Yeah, but she's gonna be trying to get me to get 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 the guys to smuggle Adderall in their assholes to her. <laughs> Why wouldn't you do it? Be a friend. <laughs> Justin Maybe you'll get lucky he's, in one of them. He's not above such things. Well, and yep. speaking of her, um, she took a plea deal early, right? Oh yeah, she rolled over. Everyone rolled over on him, mm. like his entire. Uh, they all pled guilty already took pleas and uh testified against him or at least gave statements against him and he just he buried himself really uh doing those interviews right after the collapse and stuff like that and then a lot of their chat logs he just you know he was straight up he was lying you know he was saying he told them to fix a problem but didn't give them specifics how and then they decided to fix that problem by stealing funds and he said he didn't know they were going to steal funds and he never told them to. And then he tried to, you know, kind of pin it on his counsel that his counsel made it seem all right. And uh, or his formal counsel, not the people that were representing him in court at that time and stuff like that. But they uh, it just really wasn't true. They had the chat logs and stuff like that to prove it. And man, he, they, uh, every... they had to have been so confident with all the money they paid off to politicians, with all the money that they were just bringing in, like. They they had to have been just sitting on top of the world thinking they were invincible, too. At least he did. I think yeah. he did. That's why he kept going out and doing those interviews. And he ins he, he insisted on taking, he took the stand, which usually they uh, defendants do not take the stand. It's usually advised against. Well, I think amphetamines uh, make you feel pretty invincible. <laughs> yeah, but most Does people are hurt? thinking that that he chose to do that himself. And they asked for more amphetamines, too. They were like, you're not getting him enough dope, guys. That that keep... was that was basically the one thing I saw in between, like during his trial was like everyone's like oh he's asking for Adderall to see if he should take the standard on it's like yeah and he was already on some Adderall but he was only getting one <laughs> dose a day and he's like I need at least two if I'm gonna remember anything guys and so yeah I think they gave it to him too I don't remember not, not a drug addict at all totally normal behavior not a drug addict yeah, yeah. he uh, a lot of people are saying that he like insisted on getting up there that his lawyers were advising against it, which they usually would do. And it wouldn't yep. surprise me if he's just like, Oh, I'm going to get up there and talk my way out of it. You know, mm -hmm. I'm well, this nerd to, that can talk my way out of anything. To an extent he see he comes across as special needs in a way, right? If you just look at him, he doesn't look 
like somebody that is really with it. And then there's a lot of other weird things about him. For example, when he was showing up for court um, or or like uh, testifying with Congress, his shoes were not even they were like barely tied. It was very weird behavior and he was very frumpy looking, but well, I, I'm not even focusing on that. But like if you can't tie your shoes, bro. Well, I, I think he's from like my generation where we tie our shoes once when we buy them and then just stick <laughs> your foot in it every other time you wear it. And I can see the I disappointment. I can see the disappointment in Ashley's face. Like, oh, this generation's doomed. It's the same look grandmas give me when they realize that 13 year olds don't know how to write or read cursive. I don't want to uh, make out as if uh, this young man is a genius, but even Einstein couldn't tie his own shoelaces. His wife did it for him. So there's that. Okay, fair enough. Well, it, I, I what, mean, get somebody to tie your damn shoes, you're going to testify in Congress. What else is the point of getting married other than have someone tie in your shoes? You know, it's it's the metaphor of life. <laughs> but message. Right. Anyway. I don't um... tie my shoes either. <laughs> I just slip them on. I told you. <laughs> the so, only time I'll tie it if I have to run or something, then I'll tighten them up because that could be a problem. Right. Other than that, I don't touch the shoelaces. <laughs> that's boomer. That's boomer behavior. I'm sorry. <laughs> Tying yeah. your shoes is boomer behavior? Yes, ma'am. Who's got time for that? I'm going to start calling you ma'am from now on. We got places I'll to be. I don't have time to tie our shoes. Yeah, I guess ma'am's the best thing I've ever called. Maybe that's why your generation trips yourself up so many times. Oh, there it is. <laughs> yeah, oh, it probably would be the nicest thing Justin's ever called me. I was, uh, he calls me gay in DMs, so. Well, I mean, you're less gay. I'm like, women could be more gay than men, so, you know. Like, if a guy tells me he misses me, like, faggot. Yeah, most women are gay, really. It's the truth. Yeah. But they I digress. He's to me. Anyway, um, can I ask a really newbie question, please? It's probably sure. taking it right back to basics, but um, I'm just wondering how playing the crypto market sort of – I don't know whether you've ever played the stock market, Daniel. Have you ever stock marketed? I'm just wondering in comparison um, – it sounds sort of similar or crypto actually sounds a little bit more. I don't know. Um, I'm just wondering in comparison how they compare with each other as far as like risk um, likening to gambling pretty much. Would you say that um, it's easier to read the stock market than it is the crypto market at this point in time? Taking away the fact that the stock market's very controlled, etc. But let's just leave that out of it for a moment. Um, well, I don't know if one or the other is easier. If you're doing like technical analysis thing, reading charts, it really from an investor's point of view. I, I mean, yeah, from an investor's point of view, yes, it there it, it is inherently more risky. First of all, just because it's more volatile when it goes up, it goes up higher. When it you know goes down, it really dumps hard. You know, we're talking about crypto. Yeah, crypto. Crypto it is more pumps risky, and right? dumps really hard. So it's more as mm, the risk I mean. and reward ratio are like even you know the higher the upside the more potential it has to give you really high returns the more risk it inherently has yeah, so right. crypto has that chance in a lot of cases or at least it has been over the past to give you know these 10x returns that you really can't get in the stock market without using like leverage or something but it also gives you the risk of losing it all the other yeah. risk that's along with crypto or that 
you know, stocks, when you're buying stocks, you're buying into a company and generally that company has assets or something mm -hmm. tangible, you know? Yeah. So if the, and they are also regulated and have a board that they answer to and stuff like that. So if the company fails and there's assets that can be sold to repay investors and stuff like that with crypto, mm -hmm. it's completely unregulated and there's really, uh, the, the, there's nothing backing it, frankly. It's not, uh, it's not a tangible good, you know? So if somebody bails on a project, it can just go down to zero. I wouldn't really right. see that as a problem with Bitcoin. It's hard to like put the whole crypto market into one basket. That was my next question, actually. How much does Bitcoin sort of differ? But I figured you would have been through that millions of times already. Well, Bitcoin just, it's, for an investment point of view, it's just got way more money in it. It's got a more of a floor where people, if the price dumps enough, there's enough people out there that will buy it. Whereas yep. with smaller coins or newer launch coins that aren't been around as long, like there's no guarantee that if, you know, whoever the major holders are dump it, that there's going to be anyone there to buy it. Uh, right, it, gotcha. So it's just the more liquidity, more monies in a project, like the more they're in a market on a specific asset, the more, you know, safe it is. And the older too, you know, Bitcoin's been around longer. And it's definitely not going away. That doesn't mean it can't dump down to five thousand or two thousand dollars or something. Anything's possible, but it's uh, got more people there that are willing to buy it than other tokens. And my very min oh, I'm sorry. The other big thing with crypto is that it's very easily like prices are very easily manipulated because you don't have to be a regulated exchange to trade them. Like like the you know the stock. Uh, U.S. stock market or any country stock market or stuff like that. You have to follow simple certain rules and stuff like that that ban things like wash wash trading, where one person will buy and sell something to themselves to make it look like that has a lot of volume to it and make the price go up. Basically, that's mm -hmm. very common in crypto. And they just because anybody can tax loss harvesting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then if you're doing it on dexes or decentralized exchange, they have front running where they see your trades coming in and they front run it and stuff like that. There's, or even on centralized exchange, the exchange itself can front run your trades or it can trade against you. Uh, traditional, like a stock, like the New York stock market doesn't have traders that are buying and selling the socks on there. Uh, an exchange will trade against its customers. You know, it will be trading too, which is a conflict of interest. You know, they should be just making their money off the fees but they are trading themselves or they work with a market making firm like FTX did with Alameda that trades directly against their customers. That's a conflict of interest. There's, it really is the wild west, you know, when it comes to it. And that's why mm -hmm. uh, I want to see people get away from these centralized exchanges and start rather than just speculating on Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies, actually using them to make purchases and do, you know, do what it was meant to be do, uh, done with uh, as a peer to peer way to transact with people digitally and uh without permissions because as long as it's just a vehicle for speculation you know it's the entire narrative is going to be driven by whatever exchange has the most liquidity that can pump and dump whatever they want you know so that's yeah. why i try to focus on using crypto as money and that's the what only, we try to focus on over a pirate chain the only unfortunate thing in this country is if you're actually paying taxes on all your transactions it's really difficult to keep track of your buy and sell price every time you buy something with a cryptocurrency. Yes. It's, uh, yeah, it sucks. It definitely takes time. And that was like, people talk about what kind of laws should you lobby against and stuff like that, that 
for to help help crypt what would help crypto the most what kind of laws being passed or so i usually don't like i don't care what laws are passed we're trying to ignore that you know but if it is one that could help us be used as a crypto as currencies being used as a currency it's that capital gains tax that if you you know buy five dollars worth and the next day it's worth six dollars and you buy a cup of coffee with it technically you're supposed to pay taxes on that one dollar in profit that you made there and that's just too much to ask and they don't make you do it with dollars which dollars price fluctuates i mean it's been for decades now it's been losing two percent a year and lately it's been losing close to ten percent a year so like they don't force you to oh. do that with dollars but they do force you to do that with uh, crypto and it's not many people have been punished so far for not reporting those kind of small transaction taxes but that doesn't mean it's always going to be that way or they won't go back and get you for the past you know and yeah that does suck and that is our that's like our biggest hurdle really in my opinion so i appreciate you bringing that up big firm i think it's 100% is... your biggest hurdle because i've been on armada for years probably since 2020 ish and there's times where i was like i'm gonna buy some gift cards and like i don't even want to worry about the taxes right now on these gift cards with you know like my i had i got to experience that run up in pirate from i bought it at an average price of nine cents and watched it go to 17 dollars and i was nice. like i should buy a bunch of amazon gift cards and then i was like oh, this tax situation is a bunch of bullshit <laughs> i watched yeah, it, it all the way back down to 17 cents and never sold a dime of it dude i didn't sell either and because i was like promoting pirate at the time and i was like so i got in about the same price you did and i still haven't sold like i've spent yeah, some yeah. of mine i spent some of my pirate i've actually kind of spent a lot but i never sold any and i just couldn't bring myself i sold almost all the rest of my crypto just not pirate <laughs> i just couldn't bring myself to do it i don't want but... to mention what my pirate average is <laughs> my buddy pulled bitcoin on it at ten dollars so oh. i hope you feel better about that and that was when bitcoin dude. was 50 grand a piece dude it sucks like when it sucks when something pumps that hard you know it's gonna like drop again hard and it just sucks seeing knowing that so many people are gonna buy at 10 or 15 dollars yeah and it's it sucks i hate it i we're not going anywhere go up. it can only go up right, <laughs> right? <laughs> i would like to speak to abandoned projects uh justin and i have experience with one recently so ren ren was a token that was seeming to be a pretty good crypto company and alameda purchased them oh geez then everything went down with ftx and alameda and basically there was nobody running the project there was developers and there was a set amount of time they were going to be paid and that time ran out and they were planning on moving it to some other version two or something like that but basically nothing ever happened the website shut down everything about this company is a ghost but the funny thing is it can still be traded people are still trading this coin even though there's no company behind it and yeah there's no one building on it at all coinbase delisted them this week and the price doubled the day of delisting 
So somebody's manipulated this coin to get out at double the that morning's trading value. Yeah, it's not hard to do in crypto. It's not hard to manipulate prices. That is crazy. I didn't realize all that happened with Ren because they were a pretty crazy. big project at one point. Well, it was the most money I ever put into a project. I put over ten grand oh. in cash into Ren. Oh, geez, I'm sorry. Dude. I put in less than a. Oh, tenth it's all good. That. So I had waited till it had just happened to go above another coin where I believe in the project more, and I swapped it for it and got more of the other coin than I had in Ren. So. I took a huge loss, which will be good for my tax return, and I can still make my money back easy as long as the other coin and that company that's still working on their project does well. Yeah, yeah, because it is a it is a risk. A lot of these people just get bored with the projects, or they're building on it when it's in a bull run, but not when it's in a bear market. And that's what. Uh, but that's not what we're doing over at Pirate, though. Our guys are still busy as ever. I just and, think it's uh, crazy that a company can completely fold and yeah. the coin can still be traded. Oh, yeah. FTT is still traded. And FTT, over like the last three or four days, has gone up like 200% in value. I noticed that. <laughs> yeah. And then what else? Oh, Luna. Luna's like, yep. is still being traded and it's gone up. And there's a fork to Luna, too. I don't remember what it's called. But they you, have the original Luna that's still being traded and a forked one, and they pumped like 200% lately, too. It's like, do you why know the connection between Solana and Terra Luna? Between Solana and Terra Luna? Didn't Solana like crash when that whole Terra Luna thing happened? No, that, they were associated with FTX. Yeah. Can you tell me the Solana. connection between them and FTX then? Uh, FTX was a major investor in because they had their, uh, they had, uh, uh, what's it called? A, uh, ICO, the ICO initial coin offering where they sold co pre-mined coins to investors before it launched. And FTX was one of the bigger buyers of that. And FTX was the main exchange that Solana was traded on. It had the more uh, volume on that exchange than anything else. And FTX and Alameda spent a lot of time promoting Solana. You can still go find Sam Bigman Freed's interviews on like Solana's uh, uh podcast or whatever whatever it is he was a regular person on there so there was a big link between them the solana the founder of solana went to mit too and that's where yes. sam bagman freed went to uh, school also so there's basically been a relationship between the two of them since then and they crashed hard during the ftx super hard and i like the crazy thing was so i spent a lot of time in crypto news websites and over this entire time since the FTX crash, the news websites still talk about Solana every day like it was, you know, a big thing. And I'm like, why is anybody putting any money into this? They crashed with the whole FTX thing. Well, I think it's up like 80% over the last couple it's of up days. like 600%. It was it's down to oh, yeah, $89 and it's at over $60 now. So yeah, I'm it like, bottomed out at like seven bucks. money in this. Um, could we maybe discuss the, so you were talking about the MIT connection, right? And I think that that's interesting from a perspective of some of the developers that created and worked on the Bitcoin project were also associated with MIT, correct? Was it Project Hamilton or is that the current iteration of the US CBDC? Um, I am not sure. Project okay. Hamilton, that sounds familiar to me. 
Oh, that's uh, okay. MIT Digital Currency Initiative. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, they're one of the people that they're just one of the groups that are building uh, like potential CBDCs for the government. You know, there's several others that are okay. building on chains too, trying to build a framework for CBDCs that they the can then one, sell to right. the government. Right. But, and there is a, a Bitcoin connection with that as well, right? Um, with not some that MIT I'm aware of. Developers? I be well, I'm sure some of the early, I'm trying to remember who the early developer there seems like there was one or two of the major developers early on in bitcoin that went to mit but i'm having trouble remember who okay no worries who. i just thought it was an interesting connection there um but, the other thing that i wanted to ask you about is if you could expound a little bit on what you have been working so i personally have seen you today i haven't had a chance to jump in and i probably wouldn't understand if i did but i've seen you on two uh twitter spaces and so if you want to talk a little bit about what you're working on, um, about Pirate and your the conference that you were at, like all the stuff that you've been up to in that regard. Yeah, I've taken on a bigger role over at Pirate Chain. So I'm, a, I'm on the official team now, whereas I wasn't before. I just hung out all the time and did stuff with them. But now I'm on the official team. And, Congratulations. Uh, last, last week, we got invited to speak at a conference in Phoenix. And I don't live far from Phoenix, so I was the one that got sent to represent Pirate Chain, me and uh, this girl, Amy Voluntary, who's also a great team member. You guys would get along, actually, very well. Sweet. She's very smart and, you know, a volunteerist and stuff. She's great. And so we were invited to this conference by that was put on by the Darrow Foundation. I don't know if any of you guys are familiar with the Darrow Project. It's, uh, it's like Ethereum. It's a smart contract platform, but it has pri but with privacy built in. So yeah, I've been following them on my watch list for a while. Yeah, they're, uh, I'm still learning a lot about them. Smart contracts aren't really like my thing. I'm focused on crypto as a currency and stuff like that. But these were freaking great guys that invited us down there. They treated us great. The conference itself, like they spent a lot of money on. They like fed us really good. It was at a nice casino and they fed us freaking steak and salmon and stuff and had an open bar. And they like really treated us great. It was really awesome and met a lot of really smart, interesting people. And I'm still learning a lot about Darrow. But yeah, I ended up spending like four days down there. Conference was three days. And then I was there with the other guys at the conference for like another day. And uh, they all received Pirate really well. Half of them already knew what Pirate was, but the other half really interested in it. And they came and joined our Discord and stuff like that. So we made some good connections. And the the second uh, Twitter space I was on today was like a recap of that conference because that wasn't this past week. It was it was on Halloween in the th two days after Halloween. So it was like a recap that we all got together to talk about it. That was through the Darrow's or Nonsensus, the events uh, Twitter page. And the one before that was Pirate Chain's uh, Twitter space where you, me and Amy Voluntary are going to be doing those once a month. So today we had one just asking people why they were pirates and what drove them to, you know, you know, buy pirate or participate in our community. And it had a really good turnout actually. So we're going to be doing yeah, those that, once a month. That's what I was going to say. Cause I know that you had posted before about the size of your account and the interaction that you're quote allowed to have, which is minimal. I know that, but then I saw the numbers and I was like, that's really good. I mean, that's a good space to have as yeah. many people as you had on there. Yeah, I was surprised, especially since it was our first one. 
and pirates, most pirates aren't really into Twitter. It's hard to get them anywhere but Discord or Telegram. <laughs> like they, they don't want to go <laughs> anywhere else. So uh, I was I was expecting like five people or something for our first one. And I was hoping after a few months it would grow into something. You know, lots of people showed up. We talked for two hours. Lots of a guy from a pirate from Russia joined us. He had to like get on a VPN and stuff because Twitter's blocked in this country. That was the mm. first Russian pirate oh, I've ever met. V- VPNs are blocked in Russia. Oh, well, I don't know how he got on. He said he had to go through a hassle just to get onto Twitter. To oh, yeah. I'm, I, I'm sure he's literally taking his life in his hands by mm. getting on. That's what I, that's I, what mean, I was that's thinking. That's what our country tells us, right? Maybe Russia's fabulous for all we know. Right. Who knows? Well, hey, do you I know, know anything about Radiant, Daniel? Radiant? It sounds familiar. But uh, I don't think I do. I think that's another one of Berwick's coins. It's, it's oh, traded on Trade Ogre as well, like with Darrow and Pirate Chain. Oh, okay. I love Trade Ogre. See, Radiant. Is Jeff Berwick a part of Darrow? He's part. No, he's, he has, has a thing called Vigilante. The, yeah, he has a Dollar Vigilante, and then he has the Crypto Vigilante. And every month, I don't know, I've never been a subscriber of their newsletter, but they like pick, they have a portfolio they share with their followers. So they like pick new coins and tell you about it when they're investing in it. And Pirate was one of those coins at one point, or it's still in their portfolio, but Pirate was uh, that coin at like five or six cents. Yeah, yeah. So they really they call it the Berwick boot Berwick bump. They brought a lot of people to Pirate and the coin pumped like crazy. And uh they've done the same with Darrow is one of their coins. They're into the privacy coins. So Radiant, uh, Radiant. One of the more recent ones. Yeah, I guess I need to look into it more. Raphael was at the event last week. So I got to spend four days with him. Uh, Raph from Crypto Vigilante. But uh, yeah, I've never subscribed to their newsletter and I'm not really into like the crypto pick kind of things, you know? Yeah, uh, I have the, the free newsletter, whatever that I never read. But my crypto mentor, he's always been one of their paying subscribers. And he's who told me about Pirate when it was six cents or whatever. And he put me onto Darrow and Radiant. Yeah, they uh, generally the coins they pick perform well, if even if it's just because they pick them and they have so many people following mm-hmm. them, you know, they are very uh, influential in certain spaces. Yeah. I'm, I'm convinced that's all like, all the finance stock websites, like every yeah, time yeah. they put out, like I'm, I'm positive that's just their attempt to inflate the market so that they can sell higher. Yeah, they all do. Yeah. And there's lots yeah, of pump and dump groups yeah. where they pick, you know, they'll buy a bunch of a coin and then release it as one of their picks and the coin will pump up in price. So they'll dump on it. So if you have to approach those things skeptical, step skeptically, but I'm yes, not saying crypto not, vigilante or- does that. If you're not part of the inner inner circle of those groups, yeah. they're giving most of that group the late information while the tiny inner circle has already yep. purchased everything. <laughs> good work. You did it. It's Which a I'm crypto. Not accusing... Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say it's a crypto club and you're in it. <laughs> Yeah, which I, I don't want to accuse Crypto Vigilante of that or anything. I don't have any evidence of that. They're actually my no. friend, you know, Raphael's a friend of mine. And, you know, I they talk to us over at Pirate regularly. So Mr. X and Raphael. So I'm in communication with them a lot and I consider them friends. But 
Well, I respect uh, Jeff just based on his work with Anarchapocal and everything. I think that's a fantastic uh, project that they do, and I would love to go one day. Yeah, I really got to make it down there. I guess this, they're Charlie's still having it this year. This year. Yep. This year. They said the beach space was still... Um... It was still okay, and they're going to try to, you know, get things in in place so that it can still happen. And I, so in the autonomy program that I'm in, there's a lot of people that are down in Mexico, and they're still moving forward with it. Yeah, Charlie Robinson's the host this coming year, and he's been really pushing it. Yeah, they could use the tourist money too, so it's good that they're still doing it. So. It was Good terrible. Point. That was there's lots of there's several people from Acapulco at the event last week, so it was a lot of talk of it. It just happened and stuff, you know. Yeah. And a couple people that didn't make it because of it and stuff. It was a uh, it was terrible. We all got lots of friends down there in the you know freedom community. Yep. So yeah, there was people that guys. they didn't have um you know no comms for forever you know like no electricity no internet it seemed like it was barely on the news too like yeah I guess oh yeah it Warren got no coverage. Was buried but i didn't i didn't even hear about it on the news i heard about it in like pirate chain discord or something like that yeah i only heard about it from podcasts i never once saw anything about it on the news same here this I, is the first time i'm hearing about it and to I me it sounds it. like it sounds like burnt like a burning man conference for nerds <laughs> oh, Anarchopoco? Yeah. Oh, well, there was a Anarchopoco is a anarchist event they do every year in Acapulco. Ron Paul spoke there a couple years ago. But apparently, it's the bee's knees. It's kind of expensive, but everybody that goes has a great time. And I know lots of people have learned about Pirate Chain from the Pirate Chain booth down there. But a couple weeks ago, there was a hurricane of whatever level five hurricane. Oh, yeah, it started out though. The crazy thing was that it was nothing like people were there and they weren't worried about it because it was a tropical depression. And then within a matter of hours, it was a category five. And there was all these weird things that people said there, there wasn't that much rain. There was a huge amount of storm surge. There's a huge amount of wind. So people are extremely suspicious about that event. And I knew about it that day only because I followed Jeff Berwick on Twitter and he was posting about it. So it it was super strange and has gotten zero coverage, basically. Even in alt media, most alt media. Yeah, it's crazy how bad it is and how little coverage it's got. Because it, those pictures are gnarly. Well, you know, there's more important things like uh, whether or not Donald Trump is uh, going to be allowed on the ballot in 2024. Yeah. It was how real of vibes. It was right. Yeah, there there are lots of people that were really suspicious of it that I've talked to, and Berwick is too. Berwick, you know, he's saying it was a created uh, storm or Weather. something like that. Well, and I guess painting your house blue isn't going to protect you from that, is it? <laughs> I don't know. Take. We'll have to do some investigations. That's yeah, laser. How blue houses get blown up? <laughs> That's the laser tech that the blue is avoided yeah. like <clears throat> oprah's roof was blue and the rich um, people had blue roofs in lahaina yeah allegedly yeah um i mean the military have come out many times you only have to look at some of the patents that are openly on the internet um to see what the weather 
warfare capabilities. Well, where, sorry, it is weather warfare. What the war weather manipulation capabilities are, it's there, open to read. So, there's no reason that it could be called a conspiracy theory, or we're overly suspicious because they have the technology and they've admitted to it. Oh. And yeah, been, there's been many projects where they've gone in, you know, they used to go into hurricanes to try to slow them down or what have you. I mean, that's that was all pretty antiquated back then, but God knows where they're at now. They're using yeah. um, a lot of, you know, scalar, scalar energy technology, et cetera. But, well, there are yeah. private companies that you can pay that advertise for like $50,000. They'll make sure that it doesn't rain uh, like at your wedding, on your yeah. wedding day at your venue. Many, but, many businesses around the world are but, doing that. But weather modifications just an anti-Semitic conspiracy, right? Mm. And, and anyway, in China they do it openly too. They like pour rain onto they oh. seed rain onto the mountains so it'll fill up their reservoirs. Saudi Arabia too. Yeah, in the United Arab Emirates, they yeah, that's what I meant. Once a week, Iman. Mm. Yeah, AustralianRain.com.au will um talks about the Iman um experiments, I suppose that we're going on the seeding. But that's just normal stuff now. Um, what was I going to say? Yeah, if you quest, if you even suggest that maybe they can do that and would do that, that then you're freaking crazy. I, well, only in small circles now. I mean, it's 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 fairly well known that the Chinese made sure that it didn't rain or anything over their Olympics. I mean, that's oh, yeah, quite, yeah. quite well known. Um, yeah, you just got to look outside mainstream media and it's actually everywhere. You know, government's saying, oh, you know, talking about weather manipulation and talking about regulation and all that kind of thing. So, well, maybe not so much governments. 90% of people only get information from mainstream media. That's right. That's why it's... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Back to crypto. I just wanted, to, <laughs> I just wanted to ask a question, like severely noob, but it's, I think it's an important one in case people like me are listening, <laughs> who know absolutely like below zero about all this stuff. It's all Greek to me. Um, I have never wanted to go anywhere near crypto. However, of late, I have been wondering whether it would be worth looking into gaining some Bitcoin at least. I don't, I'm not really interested in all the other things. Too many mountains and valleys for me, but. At least I feel that Bitcoin is probably the most stable, and I guess that's a very newbie remark. But um, what I, my question is, someone like me, where would you suggest that one would start? Is there somewhere that you should look, even to learn the terminology? I mean, I don't even know what a where to find a mentor or what a you know a broker um, is or <laughs> anything. To learn about crypto, anytime you want, Stella. Yeah. Thank you, you man. But I still don't even understand you. half of what you talk about. So <laughs> I'm, well, I'm, I'd so need to go like right back to the very but beginning. Usually we're not talking in layman's. Yeah. yeah true. To use it is not that hard, really. To understand it's a little more difficult, but to use it's not that difficult. It can be just as simple as downloading an app on your phone, then going and making an account somewhere like Coinbase, uh, entering your credit card information, clicking buy, and buying the Bitcoin, then clicking withdrawal and putting your address that's on your phone, copy and pasting it into the withdrawal address on Coinbase, and it'll be withdrawn into your phone. Yes. You know, which I wouldn't suggest so, keeping a large amount there, but mm. it, it can be just that. It's And then sending it to someone's just as easy. Like if you have some on your phone, I could just bring up a QR code on my phone that you scan and enter $5 yeah. if you want to send me $5 in Bitcoin and hit send and it'll go. So using it's pretty easy, but understanding it's a little more complicated. 
And a uh, couple of things uh, that I wanted to mention too was, right, there's a difference between, and a, I don't understand a lot of it either, but there's a difference between buying on Coinbase and being able to get it some other way. Because if we buy on Coinbase, if Stella were to do that, they want your firstborn. Right. They want all the information just like a bank. And that would be I wouldn't even proceed with that. Exactly. So yeah, then the government a... knows. So buying it on a centralized exchange like Coinbase has uh, you know, that issue. There are other ways that Agoras and I know Daniel kn knows all about that, but people who want to do it off of that can do it. Um, and then the other thing that I wanted to say is that it is my understanding that Bitcoin actually isn't necessarily the best one to operate with these days because of the fees for buying and, or, you know, like for sending and receiving, if you wanted to purchase oh, okay. something with that. Yeah. It, right. Yeah. They really have. Ethereum. They've got, they've kind of screwed up Bitcoin. Ethereum really gas fees are more than Bitcoin. Oh yeah. And Ethereum's are crazy. probably slower than Bitcoin now too. Yeah. Which okay. the proof of stake merge was supposed to fix, but it totally didn't. But yeah, but I Bitcoin, say, yeah, if you're trying to oh, go ahead, Perm. Uh I would say if you plan on paying taxes like our wonderful government asks us to, they're gonna know your information anyway. So it's just a matter of whether you want to decide to go black or you're planning on doing things legit, and then you can make your decision on whether you want to use a centralized exchange or, you know, get your Bitcoin in other ways. Well, the, the, it's, I meant, I just said Coinbase because that's the easiest, you know, one of these centralized it exchanges. Is it's far, very right? easy to use Coinbase. It's scary. Yeah. And, but to get crypto with cash is kind of hard these days. Uh, there used to be a website called local Bitcoins. This is how I bought my first Bitcoin. It was freaking awesome and i miss it but basically you go on local bitcoins and you find a seller in your area and you could either go to their bank and make a deposit which if you're doing that you kind of just got to trust them that they'll do it but there's a user ranking on there and stuff so someone who's done it a lot will have a good ranking just go like and deposit the money in their bank account which you don't need to give any information deposit money in their bank account then they send you over bitcoin or the way i preferred doing it and the first way i bought bitcoin was in a parking lot in tempe arizona I just met, saw, uh, linked up with a guy on there. He said, meet him at Tempe parking lot. And we sat in the parking lot and for about 10 minutes while the transaction went through and chatted and I gave him a few hundred bucks in cash and he gave me the Bitcoin. There is still local Monero that offers the same thing. The only crappy part is that there's few people that will actually meet you in person these days. Everybody's going to want, they all either want like a PayPal transaction, which obviously is just like going through a bank or they want you to go deposit money in their bank account, which I just kind of think is a headache because you have to go to Wells Fargo, fill out a form with their bank account number and stuff. The only other way besides that is to find a friend or something to buy it from you directly. Once you have some cryptocurrency, it's easy to trade that in for other cryptocurrencies without using a centralized exchange. You could use a DEX like Atomic DEX or, uh, or it's now called Komodo Wallet. That's the same thing. Atomic decks, or there's quite a few other dexes out there. Polarities of decks, and those aren't centralized exchanges. But the only problem with those is you can't use cash on them. You have to have crypto to do it already. 
So it's a big hurdle of onboarding people without banks, because as of right now, everybody's being onboarded by banks virtually, unless you just happen to have a friend who's willing to sell you some for cash, which is the ideal way to buy anything. And, and on the other, most oh, of the mobile ahead. wallets nowadays have built-in swaps, and with Web three, you can connect to Dexes through your wallet. A lot of them also have on-ramping via like MoonPay or something. I don't know how the KYC AML is with that. And for those that don't know, that's know your customer anti-money laundering rules. So that's the give them your firstborn and yeah. all the rest of your information stuff. Those but in-app swap. Oh, go ahead. I want to hear what you have to say about the in-app swaps, actually. Oh, the in-app swaps, they function essentially just like an exchange, really. You know, it's a centralized authority you know that are they uh, well i don't think it is because uh, at least the ones i've used they're connecting to like uh moon or what is it one inch or uniswap oh okay okay yeah like a metamask wallet and stuff that you kind of like that okay yeah yeah you don't actually have to connect to it it's it so one of the ones i've used they say they check each of the different dexes and they give you the best op or best price available at the time you're doing it okay so it's an aggregator mm -hmm. okay yeah okay so i guess that is different then but there are a lot of like the exodus swaps and uh what was that the atomic wallet that you know had that huge hack a while back they had swaps and that was just it was basically like an exchange which isn't terrible it's the same as using an exchange you know just as a few and, and you swap one to the other the issues that people were having with getting the hacks is they're leaving their wallets connected to a DEX instead of disconnecting after they make mm -hmm. their exchange. Well, the Atomic wallet hack was they weren't linking them to a DEX there. They're, they're, it was just compromised. But yeah, that is a huge problem with smart contract platforms because you have to link a wallet. You know, you have to link your web wallet, give permissions to, uh, to your mm -hmm. wallet to a, a application that somebody else built. If you give it to a shady application or the wrong application uh, or one that's posing, you know, because there's people out there who make fake Uniswap websites, you know, so it'll look like Uniswap, but it's really not. You link your wallet to it and it drains it. It is one of the biggest hurdles that like smart contract platforms have, in my opinion, because they are just users get, you know, low users, with low technical knowledge get absolutely screwed on those. Well, yeah, those I are only on if smart contracts. If anybody connecting to one of those. Uh, DEXs, I would say use the ones that are already built into the wallet and not one you found online that you're going to scan their QR code and connect your wallet to it. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And I, think I, have, I have a question though in, in this because, and I haven't really messed with crypto lately because I am at the point like, okay, if you're supposed to, if everything is, if it's that difficult to get it without being tracked and traced and you have to pay capital gains taxes on it then what's the point how is it an Thank alternative you. to money if you are doing all the things in the system to have it so that's why i haven't been because at a time i was buying every week but i was like well if i have to go through this that and the other thing to do it or i have to you know like what daniel was talking about meet somebody on like bitcoin locals or whatever it is um i'm not going to do that you know 
as myself, but otherwise I'm also not going to buy from Coinbase because they're tracking everything that you have. They know. So but what's the point? Track How is everything that you make at your job too. I know, but the, I know, but the this point, is meant to be an alternative for all that. So exactly. why is it, you know, what's but, the point? And are you further ahead? Daniel are going to scoff at me, but for me, it's an investment, pure and simple. I'm trying to turn my fiat into more fiat eventually because I want to yeah. buy a house. I want yeah, which to is, pay off all my debt. Which is totally, that's totally fine. I have no problem with using it as an investment and, and that kind of thing. But the point was supposed to be that we could utilize this to not participate in, in the fiat system. That's so, more possible. But with our tax system, unless you want to go under the radar, yeah, because couldn't couldn't you just buy a Bitcoin on Coinbase and then transfer it to a random trade ogre account that's in your possession? And now that yeah. you're on a decentralized exchange, you just go from there. And then well, that's basically that's like tumbling. And I'm pretty sure that that's illegal because if you're trying no, to no, no, tumbling's not illegal. Okay, weren't they it trying is. to make it illegal? Uh, yeah, and I guess but, there is some jurisdictions in Europe that like yeah, like some of the privacy wallets are illegal. But in general, no, tumbling isn't illegal. Uh, okay. They were charged. Those guys were charged at Tornado Cash specifically because they were like assisting people in money laundering, like directing people on how to money launder, or like basically not launder the money, but uh, get rid of the yeah basically and they were helping them do it they didn't just offer this or instead of just offering a service that criminals ended up using they actually reached out to the criminals and assisted them in helping them use it that <laughs> makes sense but no using tornado cash isn't illegal but uh and either is using privacy coins and when i say what's to what's the point of crypto um i ask the same question all the time because when i was introduced <laughs> to bitcoin we were supposed to be peer-to-peer -peer decentralized cash that we were using mm -hmm. to purchase things and then i watched the narrative over the last few years switch to digital gold and it's just supposed to be something we hold on to to earn more money uh but in my and that's what over at pirate chain and it's there's a few other projects that are doing the same thing we're still sticking to the original ethos that it's a currency that is supposed to use and yes it is difficult to conveniently that. to be fair i truly respect you guys in that oh yeah and we don't we like we don't even for speculators you know we appreciate you speculating and wanting uh privacy to be a big part of the future um so we embrace all you guys even if you're just trying to make money out of it or whatever but uh Oh, sorry, I lost my train of thought because my dog started bothering me. <laughs> but Ed, even though it is difficult to get from cash to uh, a cryptocurrency like Monero or Pirate Chain privately, but once you do, it's incredibly easy to use it to buy and sell stuff like that. And if you want to pay your taxes on it, it's easy to have a, you know, what's called your viewing key on Pirate Chain where you could, you know, show all your transactions to, you know, a tax accountant or something like that without giving them control of your wallet just so they could see the transactions on it. And it's uh, also easy. I mean, if people choose not to, to not pay your taxes also. And in my opinion, uh, liberty and freedom is always lost to convenience. And so most people will yes. always choose convenience over privacy and liberty and freedom. And that's kind of the point we're at with crypto. Yeah, it's not as convenient on onboarding, converting from crypto to cash or from cash to crypto. And vice versa, I guess, especially if you're trying to do it privately. 
but uh once you do it is incredibly easy to use but i think that's a hurdle that if there's enough of us that are willing to choose the inconvenience to get, gain our privacy then i think it is something that we could actually change and actually have loads of vendors online and hopefully in person too that uh buy that accept pirate chain for goods and services or monero or bitcoin or any of any of these and i think once we do that it could stabilize the price and you could eventually be to the point where you could accept your salary or accept uh your payments for your goods or services in crypto and then just pay your bills in them also or at least a significant amount of them i think that's a real a possible realistic future but yes it will involve us shooting freedom over uh convenience can you give me eyes just one second and i'll be right back yeah sure, sure. well uh just to fill in this little gap i'm just gonna say I think crypto's got more holes than Swiss cheese. <laughs> I well, don't think that I will be participating. The way I look at it is I trust the creators of Shiba Coin more than I trust the U.S. Treasury. He made it as a joke. Yeah, that... <laughs> but I would still trust him more than the U.S. Treasury. No, like, I'm that, I mean, it was kind of joking. Oh, wait, I was thinking because... Doge, not Shiba. I don't know much about them. Oh, I'm pretty many, sure it's all a scam coin. But how many different kinds of crypto is there? Isn't there like hundreds? Three or four thousand. There's a lot. I think. Oh, okay. No, there's tens more. of thousands at this point. Tens of thousands at this. But so, no, I agree with you that crypto does have more holes than Swiss cheese, and that the majority <laughs> of the space is absolutely garbage, pump and dump scams. You know, you don't need to pay any attention to any of that. So if what you you're saying? Some, if you focus on the the stuff that's been around for a while and mm. you know i just feel like they can come along and just regulate anything they want so it's like at some point and i do wonder how much of it is a bit of a honeypot too if i want to take another step back in the big picture um, but like anyway that's just to daniel's yeah. point about how it's easy to use the crypto if anybody's interested i would check out i think it's a r r r M-A-D-A, Armada, I believe it's .com. Yeah, that's correct, Armada.com. And it has loads of different merchants that you can use Pirate Chain and many other cryptocurrencies on to purchase diff, uh, gift cards, vaping stuff, T-shirts, uh, artwork, um, Rum. physical coins, lots of different things. Yeah, they can actually spend your pirate chain on. Or if you have a store, if you have an online store or even an in-person store you'd like to list on there, any good or service you'd like to sell, then you can. Uh, we can get you on our, it's easy to set up an account and be listed on there so that people can know to come to spend you, come to you to spend their pirate chain. Isn't there also a really neat website just to peruse too, if you just want to kind of look at what's yeah. all offered there. I spend a lot of time there just kind of looking what what the options are. Isn't there also a pirate chain casino? Yeah, uh, piratelife.casino. Y'all feel yeah, lucky? <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I played on there for a while, but I, uh, I'm not good at gambling. Who is? Being good at gambling and being good at winning at gambling are two. What was that URL, then, Daniel? Uh, it was, I haven't been on there in a while. I'm honestly not positive if it's up still, but it was piratelife.casino. Okay. It, I, might have I haven't heard an update on it for a while, so it might not uh, even be hosted anymore. Well, let, let's but, hope so, because what's better than 
gambling a casino at a casino. Right, and I know someone else that is uh, building a casino that they are planning on having pirate chain available as a deposit to deposit with. So uh, there'll definitely be some URL. Well, keep us oh yeah i think it went down that was, that was dre's project and it was kind of it's kind of expensive to run a casino and if it doesn't get enough uh use then it's hard oh, yeah. to you know justify i could imagine i can imagine the hosting costs get up there pretty quick yeah and then like the way they had it built is like everything is broadcast to a blockchain so you could go and it wasn't pirate broadcast to the pirate blockchain so that's all private so nobody would be able to see it but they broadcast the results of the game to what was called turtle blockchain turtle network and uh that way you could go and verify the odds yourself like you could go and look at the blockchain and look at the last hundred games of blackjack or whatever you're playing and see that the odds line up with what's advertised and so it's verifiable basically but another right. cool site i wanted to mention turtle has is their called... own coin too right uh what turtle network has their own coin too i believe Yes, they do. They have their own coin. And they got, I think they have a couple casinos for other coins too that are built on there. I'm not too up to date on Turtle Network. I know Draith uh, works with them a lot or used to at least. And they're part of his BPSAA, the Blockchain Privacy Security and Adoption Alliance. So uh, I don't know. They seem like cool dudes over there at least. But another website I wanted to mention was Barter, which is B A R R R T E R barter.com and that's a place it's like similar to ebay or something like that you can go if you made a make a cool piece of art you can just go post it up there for sale for however much pirate chain you want to charge if you don't have like an actual store or business if you just have something you want to sell you can go throw it up there and sell it on it and that's really what we're trying to push is using cryptocurrency pirate chain using it as money so that more people can accept it and we can start normalizing it as an actual currency and that's what we're really trying to drive home at Pirate Chain. And we know it's a very, this is not an easy challenge. It is a lot of work and it's a lot of, uh, you know, faith that people will, you know, see the need for privacy and see the need for, you know, sound money and move to something like Pirate Chain. We know it's a long shot. And we know this is like the fight of our lives and really difficult, not just only fighting up against, you know, an establishment that doesn't want competition like this, but also getting convincing people to uh give up a little convenience for more privacy and things like that but we're not just gonna give up without a fight even if we end up failing in the end we're still pirate chain to me this is what we we're talking about on our twitter space today and pirate chain to me is a group of us that are standing up and saying not one more step we're not giving one more inch of our privacy or our freedom up we're going to build our own systems whether it works or not, whether we end up being a failure, we're still not going to depend on your system. Our plan is not to use your system in the future, and we're building solutions to it. And that's what Pirate Chain is to me: like privacy without compromise, uh, freedom without compromise. We're not we're not building our project to fall into your regulations or anything like that. We're building it. We're going to transact uh, privately and securely, and you're going to have to lock us up to stop us from doing it. Basically, so this yeah. is Pirate. Yeah, if I may. Yeah, go ahead. I just wanted to say I, I do respect very much the fact that you guys are, are doing exactly what needs to be done, which is building yep. an alternative um, to get away from the establishment. And obviously there's going to be lots and lots and lots of wrinkles to sort out because it's not going to just happen overnight. They didn't build Rome in a day. So um, my utter respect to everybody who's doing this, I'm, 
I don't by any means mean to put it down. I just, from my aspect, I'm very suspicious about just about everything. So um, <laughs> I do uh, actually really wish you well um, in doing this. And I, I, I definitely tip my Akubra to you. Yeah. And I definitely respect your skepticism. I wish more people in the crypto space were more skeptical. And I, you know, putting anything digital online, you know, I really appreciate people are skeptical that we don't need our entire lives online. We don't need our entire lives on chains. Uh, and so I respect your, you know, skepticism and, mm. you know, hopefully, hopefully someday we have a network that's not so volatile, like a price that's not so volatile that can be really used in doing business and uh, will be more easily acceptable where you'll just be able to, you know, yes, get pirate chain from your neighbor or something or Monero or whatever coin it ends up being and uh, use that to buy and sell stuff privately and not be tracked. So we're yeah. really hoping I don't want you to just like give us your respect and give us your money and not business business for the better or lack of a better word. I want us to earn it. You know, I want us to build something that you're like, wow, I need to be a private that is better than the alternative. And until it is better than the alternative, I understand you not wanting to get involved in it, you know? Mm. So we're hopefully it, working to someday build something that you will want to choose, you know? Yeah, it's a it's a bit like a race between acceptance and, um, I don't know, regulation, I guess. We've sort of got to make it bigger bigger before they're still yeah. too big. Yeah. Anyway. It's really yeah. hard. One of the things that I would like people to know is that uh, cryptocurrencies are divisible. And if you want exposure without a lot of risk, you can pick as small amount as you want to invest. So like, say, $10 a week. If you think you can afford $10 a week, you can buy $10 a week worth of Bitcoin. I do $25 every Friday, and I don't think about nice. it. It's just 25 bucks every Friday, and that's what I buy. And you know, next thing I know, it's been 50 Fridays yeah, and I right. put in 2,500 bucks or whatever that comes out to, it's good uh, way to do it. And nice. without even thinking about it. A buddy of mine has, uh, has it set on his app to buy $10 Bitcoin every day at one o'clock and he doesn't nice. think about it. It just does it for him. Um, and it can be as big of a purchase or little of purchase as you want. I personally do advanced trading to where I can set the price I want to buy it at instead of their spot price because I think they take a lot more. Yeah, they usually don't give you a very good price when you do those reoccurring buys. So I do limit buys and I do a lot on fees and I pick my price that way. Yeah, and just from a financial perspective, even if you're not into crypto or whatever, like, uh, the question that we're waiting to be answered right now is, is the market going to, because right now in the entire past 13 years or 15 years of Bitcoin, however long it's been, uh, people, Bitcoin has been treated as a risk on speculative asset. But the narrative behind it is that it's supposed to be a hedge against, you know, inflation and digital gold and stuff like that. So right now we're on the waiting for the market to answer the question, is it speculative or is it a, a speculative asset or is it uh, an inflation hedge? And if it turns out being an inflation hedge against fiat, then it could do perform very well in the future. You know, if it ends up just if the market ends up accepting it still as just an speculative asset, it could dump, you know, when the rest of the markets dump and stuff like that. But having a little bit and I'm not talking about going putting half of your savings into it or something. But even if you're speculative crypto, you know, maybe throwing 
2% of your savings or something into some Bitcoin or Ethereum, do it over a few months or something. So you get a good price on it. You know, it isn't a bad idea, just like it's not a bad idea to have a little bit. And even if you're not huge into gold and stuff, it's not a bad idea to have to diversify a little bit. So, uh, yeah, it seems to be the key for the future. Time really flies, too. I think last I checked, it had been like 80 something weeks since I had started that $25 a week thing. And it's just it adds up so fast. You don't even think about it. Yeah. Amen. Amen to all that. Um, I think we've gone quite a bit over time <clears throat> and I hate to keep Daniel, uh, for longer than the allotted time. No, um, I don't mind whatever you guys need. Thank so, you, Daniel. Yes. Hey, anyone else have any last, last words? I guess I do want to push something real quick. Please. I guess I, I think I did mention earlier I'm on the, you know, the pirate chain team. So take all of my uh, input as biased advice because I obviously am a part of a, one of the projects and is my main focus. But I wanted to shill something real quick. We're doing it pirate for the holiday season. We're really trying to push people to uh, support our merchants over at Armada and Barter.com. That's a it's. A-R-R-R-M-A-D-A.com for Armada and B-A-R-R-R-T-E-R for Barter.com. And uh, we're really hoping that any, if there's anyone out there who's already part of the pirate community and you consider, believe in what we're doing and you're holding some pirate chain, we're trying to get everybody to make a purchase from one of our awesome merchants this holiday season. Buy someone a gift or buy yourself something. There's some cool clothes up there. There's even like some motorcycle rentals and gift cards and rum. There's lots of stuff. So if you're someone out there who believes in what we're doing, believes in competing against fiat with a private decentralized currency, this is a you know call to action. We're asking everybody to go out there and actually show a demonstration by using your pirate chain to buy something. Go check out those websites and actually buy something. We're going to be pushing this all holiday season, so I'll be sharing some memes and flyers and stuff. So if anybody wants to share those or participate, feel free. That's what we're really pushing over at Pirate Chain. If anyone wants to join the Pirate Chain community, is there a quick link to the uh, Discord? Uh, yeah, it's on our website, pirate.black. If you scroll down to the very bottom, it has links to Discord, Telegram, and a bunch of other places. And, so, you, and I, Discord is also where you can find out. Like, I, I love Discord. It's just such an easy place for everyone to get together. Yeah, that's where most pirates are at, is at Discord. And if you ever have like any technical questions or need some support figuring out a problem, Discord's the place to go. People answer quickly. I'm on there all the time. So tel- Telegram is also an option, but Discord's a better place to go. There's lots of scammers on Telegram and stuff. So I noticed Daniel answers a lot of questions for people on Reddit as well. Yeah, I'm the Reddit pirate. Since Reddit doesn't get that much you know, traffic for pirates, I just it's my job to go poke in there once a day and make sure anybody who needs a question answered, I'm there to answer it or send them over to Discord where someone smarter than me will answer them. So well, well, thank thank you for joining us. Uh, it's been I mean I'm I'm not as advanced as you and Perm, but I'm also more advanced. I think than probably Ashley and Stella, and I'm probably gonna have to listen back to this back a couple times. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, so, I hope oh, I gave some. Will. I hope I uh, gave some informative information. Well, and I, I definitely like, did. I feel like we hit every level of like absolute beginner, novice to expert yeah. level. So there's a little bit for everyone. 
we're we're diverse here at UD. Yeah, I'm gonna try and commit to making my first purchase on Armada this holiday season. So we'll see awesome. how that goes. And I'll report back to the to the Discord and let everybody know how that goes. Yeah, so, let us know what you get, man. Are your uh, conferences is that like a crypto community type thing? Like, how do I get an invite? I'd like to represent the, to the unknowns at a conference sometime. Uh, well, this last conference it just said they just had tickets available. You could buy for them for nonsensus. Nonsensus is what it was called, and it was put on by the Darrow Foundation. Okay. So they, I mean, they gave me a free ticket because they invited us to speak. But there are crypto conferences all the time. Most of them are gay as hell, though. They mostly suck. But Nonsensus was actually really awesome. They treated us really well. They spent all the money because the tickets were like 400 bucks. But you got like steak and salmon and three days of stuff and an open bar. So like, yeah, the $400 was well worth it. So Nonsensus is one I would recommend next year. And uh, another good ones, I don't know, Monero. There's Monero-topia and Monero... Uh, MoneroCon or something like that. Those aren't bad. But the Ethereum, everyone I know that goes to the Ethereum conference says it sucks and it's like $1,500 or something. And then they charge you no food in there except for $20 funnel cakes and stuff like that, you know? So that's not the one I'd recommend going to. $30 ham sandwiches. I do love a funnel cake. Let me ask yeah. you did you bring your personal cell phone with you to this conference? uh yes i did but we did not take any uh i had it on airplane mode and then nobody took any pictures or anything it was a very <laughs> privacy oriented event okay so, so that, i know uh was it black hat a lot of people won't even bring their own cell phone with them to that state yeah the like they bring burner phones and everything because that is a good idea apt to get hacked every step you take yeah um, yeah there's Luckily, this was a smaller conference, but yeah, that definitely is a concern there. These SIM swaps and stuff like that. And that is the kind of place where you will find people that know how to do that. So that is a great idea. Maybe next year I shouldn't bring my phone at all. I should just get a burner. So, All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for joining us. Uh, definitely check out um, Dijon's. Uh, give him a Twitter follow. Check him out on Discord. Um and if you wanted to join uh, our Discord as well while you're looking at new Discord servers to join, uh, Ashley, where, where could they find that? Well, Justin, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> you can find us at unionoftheunknowns.com. That takes you to our Linktree page and all the myriad ways to get in touch with us, including the link to our Discord space. And we would be happy to have you. Well, thank you, everyone, for joining us tonight. Um, Check us out again uh, next week for a brand new episode. And uh, don't forget to listen to Not Your Mama's News for all the news that your mama doesn't want. <laughs> Good night, everyone. Thanks, Daniel. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. Take Thank care, you. guys. Take it easy. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of Union of the Unknowns. You can find new episodes every week on all your favorite podcasting networks.